Imagine you are learning or you're swimming your entire life with a life vest on. And now at 25, 30, 40, whatever it is, you've decided, okay, well, I'm going to take the life vest off now because it's kind of holding me back. I can't quite swim as far out or, you know, as deep as I want with the life vest on. And it's a metaphor for alcohol, right? It's keeping you, alcohol is keeping you on the surface, which is exactly what a life vest does. You are listening to the Life Tonic Podcast, your resource for intentional living and personal growth. This podcast is designed to inspire you to be your most glowingly brilliant self. I am your host, Joanna O, and I'm grateful for you joining me on this journey where we explore the many nuances of what it means to thrive in our bodies and minds. I will be joined by inspiring leaders, healers, visionaries, creators, and disruptors in every sense of the word. With each episode, we will aim to challenge opinions, ask questions, and unpack the topics around intentional living that you are most curious about. I'll tell you a little bit about um, who I was, the kind of my Carrie Bradshaw persona and how that happened, and then uh, then answer your question about friends too. So let me be clear that I am an articulate, powerful, wonderful, like sparkly unicorn of a woman now that I'm so proud of my differentness and my weirdness that made me feel so ashamed as a child. And I'm so glad I had all of those experiences. But as a kid, you don't know how to process that. And so I was tall and gawky. Um, I was taller than all of the boys. So none and like, you know, not curvy or anything. So I really like never got attention for, from guys in high school while, and, or any time while all of my friends were starting to get boyfriends. Um, I was the child of divorcees. So my parents, my mom was a single mom. And so that has all of these complications with it. And I, like, I always just had a sense that I wasn't good enough. And so then when I was exposed to, okay, what does someone who I think is good enough, who is vibrant and sexy and powerful and successful look like Carrie Bradshaw, I built up this lifestyle of what, what I should do. And so when I got to set out to college and kind of rewrite who I was, no one knew I, you know, like kind of developed into like more of my swan phase where I was an ugly duckling before. So I developed into the swan. I'm like looking and feeling more at home in my body. I'm also, my social circle isn't dictated by the small town that I live in or where my parents come from or how much money we have. And so I was able to start to build this persona because no one knew my past and my history. It didn't matter. And that looked like you know, spending a lot of money on clothes and makeup and physical things to make me feel better. That meant going out as often as possible and being in social circles and making myself loud and making myself seen in a way that wasn't appropriate before, isn't appropriate um, if you're not drinking. So I was able to kind of like give myself this false sense of showing up in my light because I was always this like vibrant bubbly girl at the party who was, you know, just ready to have a good time. Whereas in my day to day, I hadn't quite figured out the confidence to get there. And so I was spending my money. I was spending my time. I was investing my time and diluting myself and trying to make myself happy with external things. As anyone knows, that just never works out very well. Things that you buy at the mall can't make you happy. A social life, a vibrant social life can't make you happy, especially if you are telling yourself that in order to show up for all of those social things that you require alcohol. So let's just revisit that the subconscious message you're sending to yourself is you can't do it alone. And in terms of friends, 
I was able to develop what I thought were like pretty good friendships in college. But keep in mind that socially, all of those friendships and all of my romantic relationships are always had always been accompanied or paired with alcohol. Mm -hmm. So even though I had built up this story that that's how I made friends and that's who I was and that's where all the cool kids drank, really another story that we subconsciously tell ourselves is that the people who we're hanging out with or the situations that we're putting ourselves in are not fun without alcohol. That is the underlying message if you unwrap if you unwrap anything, it's that the people I'm around, I don't trust them to entertain me or the situation I'm in isn't going to be fun. And therefore that means the people aren't fun. The situation isn't fun. Now that's not everything. Like, of course I have some friends who are completely delightful and wonderful and that I've kept in touch with and who are great that we have forged wonderful friendships without alcohol. But at the time we were telling ourselves in order to have a good time with one another and in order to enjoy each other's company, we needed drinks to do that. And that, like, that just doesn't seem like a very positive message to send about yourself or someone else. Like, hey, oh, hey, I think hanging out with you would suck if we weren't drunk. Yeah. That's just not, it's not very nice. It's not a way to talk to yourself or to others. And so when I stepped away from alcohol, I really had to grapple with the fact that some of the people who I'd considered my friends maybe wouldn't want to be my friends anymore. And I want to give everyone who's listening a little bit of hope here, though, because first and foremost, True friends will be there with you through any season of life and they will uplift you and make you feel good. And what I found was that when I stopped drinking, that some of the friendships I was really worried about without my doing, um, now, of course, I did a lot of spiritual work here. I turned a lot of things over to a higher power, whatever that may be for you. I really just said this prayer of if these people are supposed to stay in my life, show me the path forward because I don't know how to do it. I've not been taught this model. And slowly but surely, some of the friends who I used to drink with started showing up in different ways in my life. So they might ask to go on a hike or go paddle boarding um, on the lake here in Austin, or um, they might want to go to a workout together. So they started automatically when I shifted my presence and my vibration, they started kind of meeting me halfway. Um, I will say, though, that the more dismal part is that you know, when you start to improve and improve and improve, you start to vibrate at a higher frequency. And at some point, the people who were in your life before are no longer an energetic match for you. And that doesn't mean you have to cut people out. But the phrase your vibe attracts your tribe really does ring true here. So as you start to raise your vibration, the people who were in your life before kind of start to like trickle away a little bit. And you start to literally magnetize new people who are a better match for you. I cannot explain how this will happen or when this will happen, but miraculously it will, it will start to occur that higher vibe people will just start to filter into your life. Oh my God. Yes. That's so true. And I agree with everything you just said. And really it does go back to what I was saying is that if those people are meant to be in your life, regardless of alcohol or without with that particular social setting that we tend to so often wrap ourselves in with other people like you said they will show up in other ways yeah you start to find new ways of being and new ways of socializing which can be intimidating because you know it's almost like 
you know, if, if for any of you out there who learned to swim as a little kiddo, it's so much easier for you to be completely fearless when you're in water because you learn to do it when, before you had that fear mechanism. But imagine you are learning or you're swimming your entire life with a life vest on. And now at 25, 30, 40, whatever it is, you've decided, okay, well, I'm going to take the life vest off now because it's kind of holding me back. I can't quite swim as far out or, you know, as deep as I want with the life vest on. And it's a metaphor for alcohol, right? It's keeping you, alcohol is keeping you on the surface, which is exactly what a life vest does. And when you take that life vest off, if you've never learned to swim without it, shit, it's scary because you, it feels like it is life or death. You, you have to learn and you have to learn fast because you have a learning curve. Had you learned all of those skills back as a kid, it wouldn't be so scary, but now you're coming to it as an adult with an awareness of mortality and death and fear and discomfort. So it is going to be hard for a moment. It is going to feel scary and feel like you might just sink to the bottom, But if you get out there and you practice and you work through that discomfort, sooner or later, you're going to be able to swim on your own and you won't wonder why you ever even had a life jacket in the first place. You won't want that thing because it's too constraining. And that's the vision I really want to hold for anyone who's hearing this conversation and is feeling a little intimidated is, yeah, of course it's intimidating. You've been taught to, you know, kind of float along on the surface with your little life jacket of alcohol. And the thought of removing it is scary, but if you remove it, it is so freeing. You can swim further and deeper and faster and everything that you've been wondering about seeing and wondering if it's possible, you'll actually be able to see it, to believe it now and experience it. I love that metaphor and also exploring new depths. Oh my God, we've touched on so many things and I think so much is going to resonate with some and maybe maybe you're right maybe feel a little bit intimidating for others but then there's so many amazing resources and and places to kind of open up to that conversation I think we've come a long way um, as women to talk about alcohol to talk about why we drink and I think particularly for women because like you said there's so many reasons that we find ourselves in that situation as high achievers it is a growing tendency to, to kind of unpack the reasons why to not be afraid to face that real you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just literally be catapulted into your, your purpose. A lot of your work is also around, and we cannot not talk about it about dating. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of touched on, I guess your past relationships. We talked about friendships. We talked about social circles When it comes to dating, I know from my own experience of, you know, having having been a drinker, but also a non-drinker at when I was dating is it's not easy and you're going to get judged. And again, this is your ego. Well, in Mm -hmm. this case, I'm simulating the ego. You're going to get judged. You're going to trigger people's perceptions of you, or maybe there are things you're not owning up to. So how was it for you? Did you find that maybe your sort of approach to dating changed? And how did you sort of handle the partner in front of you? You know, did you go for someone? Did you, did you date people who were strictly and only alcohol free or how I think a lot of people want to know how that works. Oh my goodness. Yes. So this is a topic I'm passionate about because I'm living it right. 
And I, you know, it all goes back to, I really love to talk about the energetics of alcohol. Kind of like I talked about with your friendships, when you vibrate at a higher frequency, you start to attract higher vibe people and, and higher vibe experiences, be that in your career or financially or whatever, you can start to manifest things that are at a much higher frequency than what you were able to attract before. And so that happens with partners as well. However, it also requires you to do a lot of work to step into your self-worth that you were denying by drinking. So let me tell you that I absolutely screwed this up every way you possibly could at the very beginning, because I tried to date too soon. I tried to date before I had really stepped into my self-worth and knew who my authentic self was. And oh my goodness, I just went every wrong way about it, about telling people I wasn't drinking, about picking the guys. You know, I was trying to pick the same guys I might have dated before when I was vibrating at that lower frequency. And I figured out pretty quickly that they were not a match for me anymore. They, you know, I had moved up and needed a higher caliber match. And I also had to do the work to make myself a higher caliber person because it's not just like you remove alcohol and and glitter and rainbow, you know, it's not like your life is just wonderful. You have to do a lot of work to uncover some things that were holding you back as well. But what I can tell you about dating, and this is why I'm so passionate about talking about this topic as well. I actually have a full course on it that is really helpful for anyone, you know, dating alcohol free or just trying to date more mindfully. Um, because what you, what you don't realize is that you're diluting your options by diluting yourself. You're not showing up fully as who you are and what you bring to the table. And you're, you're just sending so many signals to the universe when you are wanting to drink on a date or drink in a romantic encounter. And that's the same, the same signals you would send to a friend, which is you're not interesting enough. I don't trust that I can be entertained by you for an hour or however long our date is going. So we must distract ourselves with these drinks. You know, I went through so many scenarios of, okay, how do I tell the guy on a date that I'm not, I'm not going to be drinking? Do I, is it okay if he drinks? And I, I really tried to be very accommodating at first and the more that I was accommodating, the more I realized like none of this is a yes for me. I honestly don't mind if my partner drinks a little bit, but I can't date a party boy. Like that just doesn't make sense. I also don't prefer to go on dates. And I did this where the other person is drinking because it just convolutes the situation. So what I have found now is I've really come up with a really clean, um, really, really intentional formula that I use to decide who I'm going to go out with, how I want that interaction to go. And, and that includes not drinking. So at least for, and I would encourage anyone to do this. Like if you're getting through this podcast and you're like, yeah, then I still want to drink. I would encourage you to make at least your first three dates with a person sober and very, very intentional. So for me that, you know, sober is always a non-negotiable, but for me, that looks like going to coffee, going for a walk, um, going out on a patio for a meal somewhere. But Um, you have to be in an environment where you can actually get to know the person and feel those kind of giddy and uncomfortable and nervous emotions, because that's your body telling you if this person is a yes or a no for you. And if you're diluting the system, you're getting mixed, literally getting mixed signals. And I mean, I just don't know how I effectively dated as a drinker because that's why you end up constantly going home with a guy who you don't really like or whatever, because your system has told you, Oh no, it's okay. Whatever. And when I'm as a non-drinker, I don't have that. I know very clearly on a date, do I want to spend more time with this person? Am I enjoying this person's company? Do I want to get to know them better? Because I've created this very intentional container and 
I'll tell you, while every guy I've been on a date with obviously has not been a match, I have attracted guys who are much closer to my ideal person. And I've had a lot of really wonderful dates because of the fact that I'm being so intentional about it. That is exactly, exactly what I think. You've literally answered all the questions that I think people had. And it is so true that it kind of goes back to your metaphor that if you strip back the layers, it's just what's raw. It's just Mm -hmm. the authenticity that kind of shines through. And to be fair, anyway, the same thing applies as for your social circle. If you wouldn't do an activity that is, you know, doesn't require drinking and you would feel uncomfortable and your body's kind of, like you said, you know, giving you those signals. And anyway, why would you want to be with that person or in that person's company with alcohol? to kind of soften the the uncomfortable feeling absolutely you wouldn't want to go against you know against yourself effectively Mm -mm. no and and we usually overlook that because our friends are telling us oh it's okay and newsflash your friends are great but they're not experts so really you know I encourage you to take it from someone who has been around the block and really tried this and taught it to other people that if you don't like, yeah, if you don't like the situation or if you feel you need to be drunk to tolerate it, then it's just a crummy situation that you probably don't want to be in in the first place. Yeah, listen to your radar, mm-hmm. I would say. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Oh, wow. That was, there's so much that I want to ask you, but like I said, we're going to probably end up with a really long episode. Yeah. But here, mark my words that you are always welcome on the podcast. Thank and we can you. take it <laughs> I so appreciate it. I love, this is just my passion. I love opening people up to the possibility that this could be a lifestyle um, because I know it is intimidating. And I just want anyone who's listening to know that you can live the most joyful, brilliant, vibrant version of your reality that you've never, maybe even never even been able to imagine if you just kind of open up that energetic frequency that you've been blocking with alcohol all these years. And it's just, it's the most wonderful decision that I've ever made. And I want that for anyone who's even a little bit curious um, to be able to achieve it as well. So I'd love it if you just maybe told me to kind of finish off what's next for you and where can people find you and what is kind of upcoming? Yes. Thank you so much for asking. So I do want to touch back on the dating thing. I do have a really great, super fast to go through course called mindful dating. That is really great for anyone who's single and is willing to maybe, even if you're not drinking, just show up for a few dates as sober. I think it would be really helpful. And I give a lot of really great tips there. Um, in terms professionally, I do one-on-one coaching. I do group coaching. That is my passion to teach this and to guide you know, my genius is being able to guide you through the blind spots of navigating your relationship with alcohol and really stepping into your authentic truth. And I really love how you put that, that my work really is intentionally at the intersection of quitting drinking and spirituality and just being your best version of self. And I found that the fastest way there is to stop diluting yourself. Um, and so with that, I, um, I, I shared earlier before we started recording that I just signed with a book coach because I've had a book on my heart forever. And it's just very clear that now is the time to write that book. So hopefully the next time we're on here together, I will be promoting a book launch and sharing that with everyone. And until then, um, you could catch up with me on Instagram. I'm at authentically Amanda and my website is the same authentically Amanda.com. 
Amazing. Okay. And as always, I will link all of that info in the show notes. Thank you so much. Thank you.